And now for an episode of Knuckleheads in Isolation, Drinking Black Coffee. How? We <laughs> hey, hey, uh, hey, Kyle, what's going on? Uh, man, hey, it is Easter after, or it is Monday after a fantastic Easter I got an Easter, Easter hangover. Easter hangover, man. I've never been this tired in my life, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not as glad to see you this morning as much as the other handsome bald guy uh, yeah. on the call, and that is the golden voice of the SBC. Uh, you know, Adrian Rogers in heaven wishes that he had the voice of Jonathan Howe, and here he is. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going, man? What's, what's happening in Nashville? Well, we dodged tornadoes last night, so that's a good thing. Nice. Some really, really bad tornadoes went through the south yesterday, and I know uh, a lot of places in Mississippi and Alabama and, and then in uh, Chattanooga also dealing with some. So our, our friend uh, Scott McCuller, Zach McCuller, you remember Zach? Yeah. I think you guys had yeah. him on here. Uh, had a tornado go through Carbon Hill. Yeah. McCullers were okay, but I know they're, they're dealing with a lot. And uh, our friend's Micah Freeze. I don't know if you've had him on here, but uh, he's a pastor over in the Chattanooga area. Uh, they had some tornadoes really bad last night during the middle of the wow. night in Chattanooga. So Chattanooga's kind of digging out from that today. Micah and them were not affected, but a lot of the church members were. So that's what's going on in this neck of the woods. I mean, it, the, the weather on Easter was really rough, but, um, you know, we're just praying for those that are affected by that. We had, you know, the tornadoes in Nashville about a month ago rolled through here. So uh, very familiar with that, unfortunately. Yeah. And then y'all have had a scare a couple of times since then as well, right? It, yeah. It, you had like a chance. So, man. It was like every Tuesday for about three weeks. It was really wow. weird how that was working. Yeah. When we, but, uh, we lived in the – tornado alley for a little bit and uh that that's always the question that rebecca asked anytime they said do you have any questions for for us on a search committee she's like do y'all get tornadoes and then they'll be like no or yes and if it's a no she's like i'm in that's all she cares about she doesn't care if god leads us here (laughs) she just wants to make sure they're really scary no tornado and they really are Um, yeah i mean i grew up in louisiana so hurricanes you know i'm just kind of used to that It, it those are terrible but at least you have some warning yeah, you've got time yeah. to get out. You've got time to get away. You can, you know, batten down the hatches, so to speak. And tornadoes, man, especially in the middle of the night, that ain't no fun. Yeah, yeah. So, so we were told here in the desert, really dragging the show down here. I really, really <laughs> well, took it down. Sorry. <laughs> no, we, we we were told here here in the desert. We said, oh yeah, you know, we we never have any inclement weather. The only thing you have to worry about really is wind for for about you know two months out of the year. And then we've had two tornadoes here in the last year. Like, well, I was going to ask right if that's town. like a geographic thing. It's, it's one of those things where we never hear about it in other parts of the world. Like you don't hear about tornadoes going through the French countryside or, right. you know, Catalonia and Spain. It's, yeah. it's just, uh, it's weird that it, it happens here so much. We hear about it. It may happen there. I just don't know. I mean, yeah. honestly, I have no idea if it happens in Europe. And I'm, I'm assuming they do, but I'm sure they have their own tornado alley in Europe and Asia and yeah. you know, the other continents. So yeah. I just know there were times that it kind of felt like it yesterday because we had a drive-in deal and we, we were having about 35 to 40 mile per hour sustained winds. And uh, that's, that's hard. It just to takes the, the gospel Bible further from. when you proclaim I know. it. <laughs> it's like it, my, my voice was carrying everywhere. And, uh, but our, our worship leaders stayed upright, but their stands did not. <laughs> and I think they're all broken right now. Uh, trying to flip the pages sandbags of the Bible. man sandbags yeah. uh well sandbags and, and uh paper or what do you call clothes we had the little clothespins, a little cl- paper clips and stuff binder clips that's what we used and uh but yeah they we kept them up we had stuff on them rocks and everything but uh, i mean you get a sustained wind at 40 it's already kind of shaking then you throw in a gust and it's down 
and see, uh, and that's okay. that's one of the things that that's one of the things that precluded us from doing a drive-in out of, out of our property that we have because this time of year you just you never know what the wind's going to be like and or if it's going to be raining and and it was it was a lot easier just to say hey we're going to live stream because we know we can do that without fail every single Sunday without having to you know wake up on Sunday morning to 60 mile an hour winds and go uh this isn't going to work today so. as long as the internet works right yeah that's right live stream that's, without I'm over here like yeah it's not going to work for us so might as well take the risk of the and see, fire see, and down the in wind. the desert down in the desert the internet is a bit more stable than it is up as Matt likes to claim up close to God, where apparently the internet is not nearly as important. Yeah. We're, we're close enough to God. We don't need the internet. Uh, how you, you obviously are, you know, at, at the SBC executive offices and so forth. And well, right now at home, uh, but uh, you see a lot of what yeah, is up going since my on. last, my last uh, appearance on the show. You've been what? Yeah. Yeah. I said, said I've moved, moved up, up since my you last. You have appearance. moved up, yes, and uh, and so with the uh, with with that job, of course, you. In you spite saw of some my of last those, appearance, yeah, we we're doing our best to to help you out there, but uh, but yeah, you you hear what is going on in the SBC? We've had the tornadoes, we have all of that kind of stuff. What are you seeing that are some good things happening right now in the SBC? Since you just ruined the first half of the show with tornadoes, what are some good things that are happening across the SBC right now? Uh, well, the, the response to the COVID-19 global pandemic has, has been very encouraging from many parts of the Southern Baptist Convention. The ways that churches, the ways that leaders, the ways that state conventions and even national entities are stepping up to the plate to really help resource churches, help um, keep churches open uh, is has been very, very encouraging. We, we've seen state conventions. I was on the phone with the state convention leader last week. Um, and he's not really trying to get this out there publicly, so I won't mention who it was, but I was on the phone with him last week and he's telling me about how his church, his, uh, state convention has partnered with two other state conventions outside of the South, uh, that are really struggling right now because CP receipts are starting to go down because churches aren't meeting their pastors are, uh, we had the, um, New York, I think it was the New York state convention there. They had dozens of pastors with COVID-19 battling that. And fortunately so far, none have died, but we've, we've had some really, really touch and go situations involving pastors. And many of them have lost church members. Uh, several of them have lost several church members and their, their churches are really struggling up there in the Northeast. Um, you know, we're seeing it in Boston. We're seeing it in uh, Detroit, uh, these large urban areas up in the Northeast. Well, even though Detroit's not in the Northeast, but Michigan's, you know, convention, they're, they're struggling and Illinois is, is starting to feel the repercussions from all that's going on in Chicago. And, but especially in New York, because uh, that's kind of the hotbed here in the, in the U.S. And we'll get to New Orleans here in just a minute. But uh, in New York, the, the churches up there are really, really doing a lot to trying to minister to their people, but they're not able to meet. And, you know, they're, they're seeing, you know, drops in giving. And one of the South State conventions that I was talking to the other day, they they partnered with them and given them a, a large sum of money, a six figure sum, uh, them and another convention to, to just try to help, um, keep churches going and to be able to provide assistance for churches. Cause you know, we, we hear a lot about this payroll protection program, the government loans that's going on to the small business administration, uh, after the, the uh, stimulus package that was passed, but that money's not really available right now. And some churches, you know, there, there's a, some of them have an ethical, response to that, that, that they are choosing not to, to do that. So 
which I respect, I understand. Um, but a lot of churches do need some type of financial assistance right now. So you've got these state conventions that have partnered with other state conventions and they're helping them out and helping churches, you know, that aren't really a part of their, their network or their group, but they feel led to help because the bond of Southern Baptist brotherhood, you know, is kind of larger than the state lines. So that, that's been very encouraging. I think that's probably one of the most encouraging things. We had another story on Baptist press recently though, about a, a pastor up in New York who had COVID-19 and you're running a ministry to help others to get food to them and kind of like a food pantry type thing um, out of his bedroom. So just little things like that. And then there's a story uh, of a, I mean, we talked about a little bit ago, I said to get to New Orleans. There's a story of a New Orleans ICU nurse that was quarantined with it. Her name is Lexi Green. She began a video diary and uh, to try to help and to cope with it. And she started sharing that with those who are critically ill. And that's been able to, she's been able to share the gospel through that. So there's some really great stories. We, we're trying to find them as fast as we can on Baptist Press and to be able to show that. And I've also really been impressed with the ingenuity of pastors. Uh, you know, you mentioned the drive-in. That's one thing that you did, Matt and Kyle. I know you're doing the online thing. Those are two of the kind of the main thrusts I think we're seeing as far as gathered worship, so to speak. Uh, so you two guys are, are good examples of each side of that. But we've also seen other things. Uh, and Jared Wellman, who's a pastor at Tate Springs Baptist Church, I don't know if y'all saw this or not, had a, a virtual online Easter egg hunt because you know, there's no Easter egg hunts this year. You're not taking your kid down to the park and, you know, thousands of other kids at the big Easter egg helicopter drops, which I've never really understood, but I've never been to one, so I've never <laughs> seen it. So uh, it's just one of those, I, I've never experienced that. So maybe if I experienced it, I would, I would understand a little bit better, but it's always seemed strange to me. But uh, I know, sorry, Kyle, I know you were planning on the, the big helicopter. Easter <laughs> yeah, that drop. was it. That, that was our, um, that was our, that was our entire don't use turkeys. for the year. <laughs> don't use turkeys, the uh, WKRP classic episode. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not, but one of the greatest episodes of television ever, the turkey drop. But, uh, but Jared and them had this virtual Easter egg hunt in Minecraft and it got so big, like, like the National Esports Association jumped in and helped them out with a lot of technology and churches were able to come in on there. And I know Kyle, your kiddos are, are big into the, the online gaming and stuff like yep. that. So yep. I, I don't know if y'all had a chance to check that out or not, but no, no um, my, my son was far too busy playing Fortnite. So I'll have to, I'll have to oh, well. dump him over to, to Minecraft and say, Hey, you should check this out. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, the, but it was this huge thing that took off nationwide. I mean, Jared's on CNN and he's on the local big TV, you know, CBS station in Dallas and like all these different things. And it's just, the way the gospel is going forth in this time of uh, social distancing has it's just been remarkable to see. And they, they were able to, everybody who signed up had a gospel presentation. He went through the three circles uh, presentation and everything. So just a really encouraging thing to see. It, it's, it's just these little stories from these little, not say little churches. I mean, just churches that you typically don't hear about that are just thinking outside the box, thinking, you know, how can we, better connect with our community how can we better connect people with the gospel and this just been really encouraging to see the the forced ingenuity you know the necessity is the mother of invention type thing that, that's going on with churches yeah that's cool you know and i think i think one of the things that we're seeing happen is uh, even for those of us who would who'd have claimed um a, a strong a strong belief in the local church. I, I think, I think a lot of that's being refined. We're, we're, um, 
we're being reminded of the blessing uh, of being able to gather together as as a local church right and uh you know my my prayer at least in my own heart is that i will never again take for granted a sunday morning right where we where we able to gather together and it's been cool and it's, and, and it's been you know we've been blessed in some in some interesting ways so like um saturday we, i just get a text and uh for, from a family in our church and they said hey um we, we just hit 12, uh, we just hit a dozen eggs in your yard and there's a note in your mailbox. Happy Easter. You know, ha- let, let your kids enjoy this. And uh, it was, a, it was a lot of fun because we had, we had a big, um, we have a big community Easter in the park thing that was canceled. Like one of the first events that was canceled here locally. And so uh, on one hand that meant we didn't have to get up early Saturday and get prepared. <laughs> so that wasn't so bad at the moment, but, but then it was like, man, like there's a lot of cool connections that come out of that. Um, so yeah, yeah. very interesting. What one of the things that we've done with our kids over the years, it, we never say we have to go to church. You know, it's we get to go to church, and I think a lot of other people are understanding that there's a big paradigm shift between that because right now I think a lot of people, your listeners included, they would love to get to go to church. Yeah. You know. And then when we get on the other side of this thing and we, we get to go back and gather again and worship, uh, that, that's something that I, I think that paradigm shift is going to be a lot, a lot more real for people. At least I hope it is yeah. that people will understand that, Hey, this is not something we have to do. It's something we get to do because for a time in 2020, for a few months there, we didn't get to do this. Yeah. And this is something we don't, we don't need to take for granted that we, we get to come to church and, you know, gather for worship every week and, and small group or whatever it is, the discipleship aspect of it too. So I think that's what I miss the most is not teach a small group and, and we're trying to do the zoom thing. It's not the same. It's, it's, no, it's neat to all. see everybody, but it's, it's still not the same. And it's just that, that community, that in face in person, face to face community uh, is it, just, you know, I miss that. And I miss that a lot. Yeah. I had one member that said, I'm, I'm so over the elbow bumps. I'm ready for a hug. <laughs> but, uh, but so how, as we wrap up, what, what's a word of encouragement that you would share to, to pastors? We're now a couple of weeks We're into barely this. getting started, man. No, Wrapping man. me up already. Yeah. You talk <laughs> to me off at the Oscars. Well, well you have, you have Kyle over here waxing eloquently about the local church for about 20 minutes. So we, we need to wrap this thing up. Uh, tell, tell us something, a word of encouragement. We're about half, you know, maybe not halfway through this. We've got baseball coming back in Taiwan or China or whatever. Uh, that's really cool. I don't robot. think it's ever we need, going to come robot, back here. Um, yeah. Robot stands, robot fans in the church and the local pews. Robot members. Yeah. No. We need some that amen and go to I sleep. I don't know. I would have to get that checked out. Let's see what Dever says about that. Um, so something encouraging. All right. Well, you know, I know you had Dr. Floyd on a few weeks ago talking about the uh, Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting being canceled. And that, that's a real downer. I mean, that's that's the highlight. That's kind of the Super Bowl for us at the office, obviously, for the year. Um, that's our, our big event that we're looking forward to. We're pushing everything toward all our resources, all our energies going to that. And then all of a sudden, for that to be off the off the uh, the docket, man, that that's a big, big change. Um, but there's a lot coming it's still happening in the SBC. The SBC, just because we're not meeting for two days a year, that doesn't mean that the work of the SBC stops at all. It just means that, hey, we're, we're still focusing on it 365 days of the year in the local church. And, and that's something, it's, it's a good reminder that we get, I say we, people get so worked up about the annual meeting and what happens in these two days at the annual meeting. And there's this 
yang yang all over the place uh, for 363 days. And then they get to the end of meeting for two days. But like, it's, that's, that's not as important as what's going on in the local church, the other 363 days of the year. I mean, that's, that's where the real work of the Southern Baptist convention is done. Yeah. We come together and we do some business, but the real work of the SBC and the real work that, that God's doing through us is not for a couple of hours in a conference hall, you know, a convention hall. It's those thousands and thousands of hours we have throughout the year that, that we have the opportunity to go out and minister and take the gospel to the, to the nations, you know, to our neighborhoods and the nations. So, uh, th- that's just the, the encouraging thing I have is that, yeah, we're not meeting in June. Okay. This is going to be a totally different year. 2020 is not a normal year, but you know what? We still have the great commission mandate. We still have the opportunity to reach our neighbors. Even if it's from a six foot distance, we still have the opportunity to reach our neighbors for the, with the gospel and, and uh, to take the gospel to our neighborhoods and, you know, w- w- how we see people and, and when we hopefully get back to meeting in person uh, gathered worship. I mean, it's, it's just the opportunities we have are, are there. And I think this is maybe a time where we're realizing it, you know, the, the whole absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. And I think that's true. I think we're, we're excited. We're that first Sunday when churches kind of open up and everybody feels like it's safe to come back uh, and, you know, in, in a healthy way, it's going to be a fun day, man. I can't wait. Yeah, for sure. So, so in, in Nashville will be a grand old SBC meeting it'll be fantastic it it should be let's let's just you know that's the plan <laughs> right now that's the plan we'll see oh, what no. happens I, it's just you know um i know you're trying to play on the grand Ole opry cow that was just kind of rough but it, it, it's uh <laughs> don't encourage it it's right next door actually to the grand Ole opry is but, it really you know we'll oh that, yes you, I, my, my heart just jumped a little yeah the, the <laughs> The Opry House is right across the parking lot. It's all out there, Opry Mills That's and everything. Fantastic. Kyle, get us out of our misery. <laughs> well, hey, thanks, Jonathan, for coming. The circle on. will not be unbroken. <laughs> hey, or, yes, yes. Or will, wait, will wait. be unbroken. Will, will the, will the circle, circle will be, be unbroken? unbroken? Okay, it will be unbroken. It will not be unbroken. Wait, what? <laughs> the whole double negative there is throwing me off. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, right. at least, at least y'all didn't have a, a it typo. will be unbroken. Yes. yes. Y'all, yes. y'all didn't have a typo in your Easter sunrise service that went kind of relatively viral. Wait, 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 wait. You, you, wait, hold on. You, you had a sunrise service and a drive-in service or was the drive-in service, the sunrise service? We had a sunrise service that was online live streamed. And then we have the drive-in service at 11 that was here. Uh, but our sunrise service, we had a bunch of kids read the gospel accounts and our girls read the, uh, resurrection account from John 29. And, uh, and so I was going through, and was, wait a minute. there's no John 29. There's not. It's like, wait and a second. There is no know, John 29. What are you it's, talking? it's like a, you know, a 30 minute deal. What Bible it do you took, have? It took like three hours to upload. So I wasn't going to change it. It's just like, forget it. It's like it's up there for eight seconds. I'm not too worried. Oh goodness, so, man! Yeah. I know there's an Acts 29, there, but yeah, <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> All right, how's not allowed? <laughs> Gosh. Hey, Kyle, are you still uh, facing a Easter hangover? You know what? You no, I'm good? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Good? I got a nap Sunday afternoon, and then I think I took one yesterday, so I think I'm good now. I took. 
two naps yesterday to the glory of oh. God, because if Jesus can nap, I can nap too. And uh, so I took a nap while watching the big show show uh, with my girls. Uh, and that's the big show from the, he's the big guy in the wrestling and uh, has this amazing show on Netflix with his three daughters. They're not his daughters, but three daughters and one of them named JJ is absolutely hilarious and exactly like our Gracie. And so uh, that's one of the reasons I enjoy doing that, but I didn't see a thing of it. I just went right to sleep. And then I took another <laughs> one during the uh, voice last night. Uh, they sang me to sleep, but enough of our sluggardness, uh, sluggishness. What word is that? Sluggardness? Sluggard a word? Yeah, it's a yes. word. Yes. It's a yes. Sluggard. Yes. We have somebody on the show today, smarter and better looking than both of us it is Dr. Jared Wellman. Welcome to the show, Jared. How is Arlington? It's awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Well, you are the pastor of Tate Springs Baptist in Arlington, and I'm, I'm looking behind. Uh, the people that will listen may not be able to see this, obviously, but those watching, that blue and orange hat hanging on the uh, the frame there is, what what school is that? Is that UTA, or, or what's that? This is, uh, let's see. Uh, this is uh, the best school. It's called the NBA <laughs> oh, and okay. the best team, the Knicks. Oh, oh all right. Okay. So, well, I was thinking that was some hometown flavor. transcends uh, <laughs> everything else that you guys believe. So. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm the one that a couple of years after Emmett Smith had actually retired, I uh, drafted him for my fantasy football team because I didn't know he had retired. So oh, that's, nice. that's how much I follow like uh, football and basketball is probably even worse. Like is Dirk, Dirk is done, right? Dirk's yeah, done, right? Yeah, okay, one so, year ago, just a few days ago, I was okay. at the game. Nice. Uh, so uh, Jared, you had a busy weekend. Every pastor across our country had a busy weekend in some form. Uh, maybe their their Easter Sunday was done on Friday afternoon uh, in the uh, the sanctuary recording a sermon and, and then maybe posting it, commenting along with folks that were doing it. But everybody had uh, the uh, the Super Bowl of Sundays, as it's been called, uh, Easter Sunday. Uh, tell us a little bit about what Tate Springs did for Easter. Sure. So we did what you know, most churches did. We, we just tried to figure out how we could do something special uh, for our service on, uh, on Sunday. And, you know, once we saw everything happening and we had already decided once we saw um, what was on the horizon that we were going to, uh, this for us, I've, this is my third year here. I, I think I came the week after Easter, actually, um, maybe in a call. And so it was right around this time. And so we were, we finally had built up our leadership team and we were planning what was going to be our biggest Easter uh, in a long time in our church. Cause we're, you know, we're like you guys, uh, uh, what you guys have spearheaded with just church revitalization. And so we've been trying to kind of get things going and feel like they were going in the right direction. And of course this took our legs out from underneath us. So we decided we were going to still do everything we were doing. Our worship team, I was real proud of them. They had written a, an original song called once for all. And, and they, we had like, uh, a rap in it for hallelujah for the cross all this like different kind of stuff to try to you know just reach people all over and um adding another service and then um so what we did is we just decided you we were just gonna do the best we can with our our media of course and then still try to do something when we got back just remembering that the resurrection is not something we only have to celebrate you know overwhelmingly on easter 
Um, it's that we celebrate all the time. And so we felt like we actually had more opportunity this year with Easter. And that's proven to be. Um, and and the, other, the other thing we did that was different was, you know, um, because, because we're recording our services and, uh, and we don't have like a children's church, you know, I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old, and it's hard for them to be engaged uh, on a Sunday morning right now. Even though we have stuff throughout the week, there's not like a children's church. So it's not like they go into another room and watch their own thing. We're trying to do church together. So I noticed that they were just antsy during Sunday morning. So I went to our family pastor and I said, his name's Curtis James. And I said, can you guys think about something, you know, to engage kids on, on Easter morning? We, in the background of our worship, we have this scavenger hunt um, that they go download a PDF and, you know, they can do a game. I was like, I don't know, just figure something out. And he came back to me a few days later and said, I think I have the idea. And then he told me about a virtual egg hunt on mine, the game Minecraft. And I just thought that is genius, you know, and I've never personally been into Minecraft um, a, a lot. I'd played it, I don't know, some years ago, I'd played a version of it and, and really liked it. So I was familiar enough with it. Um, anyways, it's supposed to be a way for us to, to reach our own people and our local community. Um, and uh, so we set up a private server and then we actually um, set up videos to help other churches know how to do that too. Uh, because we anticipated other churches would be interested in it. We were going to do, we've been doing Bible studies in it, but then uh, the Baptist press reported on it and then Fox picked it up and, and then it ended up turning into a national event. Um, wow. And, um, and so it was, it was really the unique thing that we did to reach people. It was highly evangelistic. Um, we're still having people as recent as yesterday responding to the gospel through it. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been pretty amazing. Wow. So how, how did that, so, so talk us about that whirlwind. I mean, obviously, you know, shockingly enough, Matt and I have never been invited on Fox News or CNN. So I'm, we're, we're still waiting for that invitation for, you know, re replanting rural churches to, to make it to that point. I, I beg to differ. I was, I was on Fox 4. Oh, that is not the same. That's, not the same. <laughs> That's as close as I got. <laughs> so, so what, like, like what goes through your mind, Jared, when, you know, when, when it went from, Hey, this is how we're going to engage our, our people, right. And, and something fun for our kids to do and, and engage with, with the gospel and it's creative and, and Hey, this is cool to all of a sudden, Hey, come on CNN and tell the, tell the nation and, and the world about, about this idea that you hatched. You know, that was, that was what was really cool about it was, so um, Curtis said we had three tenants that we said, when we saw that people from around the nation were signing up and it was really getting out of hand, it was like we were, we, for us, it was a way for, for us just to, to try to use what we had, the gifts that our, that our leadership had and the abilities that we had just to try to creatively reach our own people. And that was really the, the motivation behind it. And then our own community, just like we would with a very traditional on-campus egg hunt. We don't, we don't do anything fancy except lay out eggs. And, um, but then um, as it, as it started to grow, uh, three tenants that we, that we remain anchored to were number one, we wanted to creatively encourage people in a discouraging time. Um, number two, we wanted to explicitly share the gospel. Um, and then number three, uh, we wanted to connect people to a local church. And so, um, so whenever we, whenever we were kind of processing and walking through that, those were the three things that we wanted to, uh, to remain true. And so as, 
as different reporters started picking up the story, um, it was really amazing because we were able to share the gospel, at least with them in the interview. And then some of it even made it onto the screen, you know? And so, um, you know, we got to talk about the resurrection of Jesus and, and there were people uh, as it grew and we realized that the tech part of it was going to be out of our hands. It was just, there was no way that we were going to be able to create a world that could house, you know, as many people as came. And we had over a thousand people registered. There was just no way that our little, you know, mid-sized church in the Metroplex could handle that. So the National Esports Association, which is nonprofit educational group, came. They saw the reports and they said, "We do this. Can we help?" And uh, and so you know we we engaged with them and they were able to see God's favor. That was what was really cool. Is they're not a religious organization, but they kept telling us how they saw God moving in this. Um, and we wow. saw and we heard that. I think people who are in secular media uh, were. I think that they they just had a smile on their face whenever they heard about the idea and they even signed themselves and their kids up some of them you know and so it was really cool just to build relationships and represent the resurrection in that world um and then um so yeah it, it was it was one of the more to be honest with you guys it was more one of the more evangelistic events i've ever been able to be a part of yeah. it was a blast we had a really good time and and I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot, but but based based on your three three anchors, I, I think this is going to be pretty 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 easy for you. Um, one of the hard parts for for me is at times when when you get with an event, you know, you're you're thinking about the execution of that event, having enough volunteers, having enough this and that, and and all of that kind of stuff. And and I remember times when you know we we had a big um, veterans and first responders Sunday ended up being the highest attendance of our church ever. And, uh, you know, I, I knew to obviously preach the gospel. I preach the gospel every Sunday, but, you know, I knew all of that. Uh, but I really didn't think through how I was going to connect these kind of extra guests that we were having coming in into the yeah. life of the, the church. And so, Jared, Jared how I, I know you had the form that they filled out. They were doing the three circles, if I remember right. Uh, with, with the gospel presentation, what, what were you doing on the local church side of connecting somebody in Wisconsin that signed up and maybe professed faith in Christ with somebody sure. in Arlington uh, that did that? Yeah, so, um, so we're actually right now in the middle of all that. And I'll tell you, it was, it's actually been a lot easier. I mean, I, it's been a lot easier to do that in this context than it would to hold an on-campus event. Because just like every church, we held, we hold, we've held revivals and and high attendance Sundays and who's your one Sunday and things like that. And when people come in, they, they may or may not fill out a card. And it's really hard to follow up with all that. It's always the follow-up is the hard thing. Um, but, 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 but because this has been virtual and it required people for safety and security reasons, people had to uh, give us some information that required it. And that's gold for us. We had to have their name, their zip code, their Minecraft name, all this stuff. So what we did is we, you know, we just had this Google registration form open and we just kept checking it. And, um, and then whenever uh, it got to the event, what we did is we didn't send any emails out until the day before the event, so on Saturday. Um, and, and so whenever we did that, the first email was literally explicitly the gospel. That's all it was. It was, why did we hold this event? And what I did is I wrote out 
um, I wrote out basically because our target audience was like eight to 12 year olds, but their parents were also receiving information. So we were trying to reach both of those. So we just topped out the gospel in kind of a three circles fashion. Uh, and then at the end, we created a, a page called minecrafteaster.com. We pointed everyone there and we had three to five people uh, respond to the gospel before the event even started on Sunday, which was wow. amazing. I was praying for one. I was like, God, can, can there be one person who comes to know Jesus through this? So we had five, which was super exciting. Um, and then during the event, and even as recent as yesterday, it's about 15 people now, I think. Uh, so we sent out a second email, which was how to connect, and then a third email, which was the gospel again. And it was just, it was a summary, even a smaller, more compact uh, expression. But we intentionally didn't say, did you pray to receive Christ today? What we did is we shared the gospel and said, are you interested in a, knowing more about a relationship with Jesus? Because we wanted to personally follow up. Yeah. And so, and it was very simple. We said, if you fill out this form and you're interested, we'll send you, I, will, I said, I will personally follow up with you. I'll send you a Bible. And then, um, and so that's what we're in the process of doing right now is I sent, I've sent two Bibles out now because people have responded with their addresses. So I just went on Amazon or Lifeway and sent them a Bible. And then, and then I get the other names and I let them know that we're going to be calling them. And so then our outreach pastor, I gave him the roster and he started calling them yesterday. Wow. So they, we've personally emailed everyone who has responded. Um, and we told them what we're wanting to do about giving them a Bible, calling them, and then ultimately connecting them to a church. So it's all been very personal. Um, I mean, it's not, it's, it's, we're emailing back and forth. They're telling me when, when they're available to talk, all that kind of stuff. So it's, and it's pretty easy to do when there's 50 people, you know, it's yeah. not hard to follow up with. Yeah. 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 That's great. Kyle, do you have anything Fantastic. else as we wrap up? Man, I was going to say that, that is, that is an incredible uh, ministry opportunity you guys had. And uh, you know, and, and I think it's important to note too. I mean, this is, you, you guys aren't a mega church, no. right? I mean, this isn't a, this, so this was just a, a, a mid-sized church who had had an idea that God obviously took in, and and in bread and fish fashion multiplied. Yeah, yeah. So, that was awesome. <laughs> well, folks, until next time, may your coffee be as black as night, as bold as the gospel that Tate brings declared on Minecraft. Amen. <laughs>